Welcome to 3Edge Asset Management View from the Edge for March 2023. I'm Fritz Foltz, the Chief Investment Strategist here at 3Edge. Joining me here once again today is Eric Beagleisen, Deputy Chief Investment Officer and Head of Research here at 3Edge Asset Management. Today, as we do each month, Eric and I will present our most recent outlook for the capital markets, which is based on our proprietary research model. Today, a special uh, uh, edition, I guess, of The View from the Edge, Eric and I are actually recording this from Mount Washington Hotel in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. And we're here as part of a company offsite. We do these on a regular basis. And it's an opportunity to step back and, uh, you know, evaluate our business and our way forward and just make sure we're always doing the best for our clients. Uh, The hotel is kind of interesting. It was built in the 1900s. And... The historic significance, I guess, the most important thing is that in 1944, it is where the uh, International Monetary Fund and the World Bank were formed. And there's a room here in the hotel with a plaque referring to that. So let's get started. And uh, quite frankly, it was sort of a schizophrenic week. Uh, To start the week, we had uh, Fed Chair Powell giving his testimony uh, to Congress, and he came out and was clear that he was trying to be very hawkish and trying to convince the market that the Fed was going to need to continue to uh, increase interest rates. And it had investors starting to think that, oh, well, now maybe the Fed will go back to 50 basis point increases instead of the last increase, which was 25 basis points. And the equity markets didn't like that. Then this past week ended in dramatic fashion with the news on Friday that Silicon Valley Bank, an important lender, to technology startup companies had failed and been seized by regulators after an unsuccessful attempt by the company to raise additional capital. By yesterday, the S&P had given back just about all of its gains in 2023. And then we got information on Friday, the jobs report, and it was kind of like a Warsaw test. You could sort of take with it, you know, from it what you want, strong payrolls information, but it also was some indication that maybe the uh, labor market is softening just a little bit and the unemployment rate actually went up from 3.4 to 3.6. So let me bring Eric into the conversation here. And Eric, maybe you could start us off, go through the three-edge asset class matrix and point out uh, any changes that may have occurred since last month. Sure. Yeah. So as you can see from the asset class matrix here, no arrows in this chart. So the outlook really across the different asset classes that we model hasn't changed dramatically. We are seeing some movement in some certain factors. And I think we'll we'll talk about those by the uh, the key asset classes of interest. But we're still finding U.S. mixed, if anything, maybe a, a little bit of risk to the downside, more on the negative side there. Still favoring European equities is, is really the only equity asset class of, of interest at this time in a positive way. Uh, Japan still and India still with a negative outlook. China, which we had downgraded a month ago from a positive one to a mixed spot, also remaining in that mixed, maybe even heading into the negative camp uh, as we look forward. Rates staying in the mixed spot, credit still a negative outlook. Uh, gold is on the bubble in that positive spot, maybe heading back down towards mixed in the near term. Uh, and commodities remaining with that mixed spot as well. Yeah. All right, great. Thanks, Eric. So now let's go a little bit deeper into the equity asset classes. And I think we can focus on U.S. equities, European equities, and China. What is the model output telling us in those three equity asset classes? 
Right. So with regard to U.S. equities, you know, having that mixed and maybe slightly negative outlook, we saw U.S. equities uh, have a strong start to the year in January, gave a little bit back in February. And really the question I think that market participants are wrestling with, as you alluded to, is the, uh, the pace of rate increases. Are we looking at that 25 or 50 basis point hike at the next meeting? How about the follow on meetings after that? What is peak rate going to be? where they feel like they've combated inflation, how long will they will these rates stay elevated? And of course, at what point might we be talking about a reversal into a more stimulative monetary policy? Uh, from a model perspective, we still find um, U.S. equities to be very overvalued. Maybe the valuations come down just a tiny bit uh, over the last month or so, but it's still incredibly overvalued by our measure. Uh, from an economic standpoint, we're seeing those short-term interest rates rise by, uh, by, by the Fed's actions, and that's further inverting the yield curve. Uh, that we look at. So both the, the actual rate of change of that short-term interest rate, as well as the inversion, continuing inversion of the yield curve, both negative uh, factors for the outlook there. And then behaviorally, we talked about that simple 200-day uh, moving average that we look at. Uh, we had climbed above it, but not necessarily in this meaningful way. Uh, and now we've seen it touch back down on the 200-day moving average. And, and as you just pointed out on the, the Thursday uh, close, we saw it dip down below. And so now we'll be, you know, we'll be checking that behavioral component to see if maybe we're, you know, there's a new floor somewhere much further down from here. So that's U.S. With regard to Europe, Europe had an even stronger January than, than U.S. equities did, but gave back about the same amount uh, in February. So still doing well uh, year to date, uh, at least through January and February. You know, favorable valuations, though it's worth noting valuations have climbed a bit uh, uh, since we've seen the strong performance in the region. You know, there's there's risks to the outlook, uh, particularly in Europe, as uh, with regard to the ECB's attempts to reduce inflation, which so far has been a positive, and the model's rewarding, uh, the research is rewarding the the reduction in CPI measures there. Uh, but of course, if that turns around, if that slows, that that could dramatically change our outlook there. The other risk is we are seeing the inversion of the yield curve measure uh, getting steeper and more inverted. Uh, steep, a steeper inversion, that is, uh, in the region, which is a negative and a growing negative. So that is a risk on the horizon with regard to our European equity uh, outlook. And then with regard to China, China actually had the strongest start to January uh, of the equity uh, asset classes that we model, but then it gave it all back in February. So so flat through through those first two months. Then we saw even in the beginning of March, a real bump upward, followed by a loss of all those gains. Uh, as China, the authorities there have reduced their target growth rate for the economy. And I think that's having some significant impacts. I think there was a lot of hope, perhaps by investors, that with the, the, the loosening of the zero COVID policy in China, that maybe China would resume this global growth engine uh, position. And maybe that, that, that's being taken off the table now. And that's going to have uh, far-reaching effects on, on equities and, and real assets that, that we'll talk about as well. Uh, we're also seeing, we had been talking about one of the positives for China recently in the months, uh, uh, the recent months has been the rising short-term interest rate there, that from a very low level, we consider rising interest rates actually a good thing, but it's that over and above a critical inflection point where that continued rise in interest rates might might seem more hawkish uh, from, a, from a central bank perspective, that it's an overheated economy. Uh, so that's, that's certainly becoming a concern uh, in the region. So overall, mixed outlook there. All right. Great. All right. So now let's look at fixed income. Uh, we, you know, we still have an inverted U.S. Treasury yield curve. So maybe you could go over uh, any changes that we see in the model in terms of rates, which would be the U.S. Treasury market and credit corporate bonds. Yeah. So with regard to uh, interest rates, 
Uh, we've seen the 10 year yield in January. Uh, it, it came down quite a bit. And then in February, it, it went all the way back up towards start of the year and then some touching just over 4% uh, towards the end of February. And we've been hovering around that range now. Now that said, uh, you know, we are seeing the Fed's actions raise the shorter term interest rate even higher. And so you have a really strong inversion right now in the U.S. yield curve. And it, it could be a signal that there's this waning belief by investors that, the, you know, that's confidence in the Fed is, 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 is going down in their ability to actually get inflation back down to that 2% target. Uh, so, you know, we continue to favor short term treasury bills, uh, floating rate treasuries, uh, and, and treasury inflation protected securities or TIPS, particularly at the short maturity end, uh, we have seen inflation expectations actually tick upward uh, since the start of the year. And if that continues, that should be very helpful too for, for TIPS investors. Uh, with regard to credit, uh, you know, we, that our outlook hasn't really changed there. There continues to be pressure on corporate earnings and the risk of, of spread widening would be potentially damaging for, for credit investments. And while you can get a nice, you know, four and a half to 5% at the short end, it may be not warranted to be taking additional credit risk at this time. All right, super. Uh, what about real assets? Why don't we uh, take a look at gold, take a look at commodities? Yeah, so, you know, we've seen gold uh, perform well in January. It gave pretty much all of that back in February. So a bit flat on the year through the first couple of months. Uh, we do have a mixed, maybe mixed to positive outlook uh, on gold, you know, real yields uh, after having s such a steep climb from, from a negative uh, 110 basis points at the start of 22, uh, finishing the year at about positive 150 basis points. Uh, in 2022, we've seen those real yields really be range bound for the time being. And so I think that's that we're seeing that manifest a bit in gold's, uh, you know, neutral position where it really hasn't traveled much uh, this year. You know, uh, there still continues to be central bank buying around the world of gold. And so that that could potentially help the price. And as we say, and is why we always have some level of gold in, in client portfolios, it, it, it is a great diversifier and, and haven asset and particularly during geopolitical concerns uh, with, you know, for example, Ukraine and Russia, uh, Taiwan independence from China, uh, Israel and Iran. Uh, so we think that to some degree, gold should always be in the portfolio for those purposes. Uh, and then with regard to commodities, uh, you know, we, we've, we talked about in the prior months how the, the uh, White House, the, the Biden administration drew down the, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which in theory maybe helps put a floor price underneath oil as we have to rebuild that supply. Uh, we, there had also been hopes, though, that uh, with the, uh, the, the, the relaxation of the zero COVID policy in China, that China would resume its global growth engine stature, which would be a, a boon for commodities. And perhaps with that coming off the table, commodities gets more of a mixed outlook now. Um, and, and uh, it, you know, the war that's happening in Ukraine uh, and Russia is just helping to contribute to this deglobalization, which is just generally, you know, could be a positive, actually, for commodities, broadly speaking. Uh, in particular, we still have a longer term, you know, positive outlook on agricultural commodities, uh, you know, as we have drought conditions, uh, the deglobalization. Um, and so, you know, that's that's an area that we still we still do favor. All right. Great. Eric, thank you very much uh, for that update. You know, it's still very interesting out there as we make our way through 2023. So that will wrap it up for us here from Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. Uh, remember, all of our Three Edge videos are always available on our Three Edge YouTube channel and on our website, which is 3edgeam.com. So, on behalf of Eric 
and myself. Thank you very much for listening. And we will be back next month in April to bring you the next edition of The View from the Edge. Thanks for listening. This commentary is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in View from the Edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. This commentary is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their financial advisor. The observations include information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments, including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs, all involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.